Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bowlology Report, uh, a massive one, plenty of cricket to talk about, we've got a fantastic special guest, one of Australia's greatest, but joining me as co-host as always is the captain of the Victorian cricket team, he's uh, the boom recruit down to the Hobart Hurricanes, a teenage superstar tennis player, Petey Hanscom, how's it been getting back into Melbourne life? Oh, unbelievable, Flem. Unbelievable. I think we've timed it uh, just nicely, getting out of the Adelaide hub and getting back into Melbourne when Melbourne is just opening itself up again. So if we could have timed it, uh, we haven't done it well. I like how comfortable you've become with the, the, the budding tennis superstar too. You're just, <laughs> you're just going with that, aren't you? I was trying to skip over that, mate. And I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. But, yeah, I mean, I played in tournaments with Bernard Tomic and, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, this bloke, you're good mates with our special guest today, mm-hmm. and he was also an elite junior sportsman in another field. But starting off, um, you know, what a legend, you know, uh, a Victorian legend, Australian legend, you know, that big heart charging in over after over, accurate, bouncy, over 200 test wickets, and not many Australians can can say that. Um also, Pete, you know, a real hero around all cricket grounds in Australia, but more in particular MCG, and continue on that lovely tradition of, you know, Max Walker, Mervyn Hughes, heroes down at Bay 13, but also, as I said, a multi-skilled um, junior champion, this time in wood chopping, of course. <laughs> it's Petey Siddle. Sidsy, thanks for joining us. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Excited to be on. Hey, mate, before we get into it, um, what sort of acts did you go for? Was it the Fiskar 378501 S-Wing 14-inch Sportsman or even the Gransford Butcher? You know, what was your preferred weapon with wood chopping? <laughs> mate, I was, I was a youngster back then, so I was pretty much, I was, I was that small that it was pretty much just the, just the standard tomahawk back then. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't much size to it. I think I was a, I was a little 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 kid. Um, followed Dad around, uh, watched him and the uncles, you know, compete at the shows around the country and the Melbourne show and that Sydney show, all those type of things. And I thought that's what I want to do. I did it for about um, a year or two when I was sort of ten, eleven. Um, started getting into football and cricket. Um, decided I want to keep keep my big toes on my body. So I, I flicked the axe and, um, and and concentrated on the real sports. Did you get on? Um, did you get onto the chainsaw at all, mate? Or is that uh, they have, they have a smaller version of the chainsaw for the youngsters? 
No, they do have small, obviously, chainsaws, which you boys would know, but um, <laughs> uh, pretty much when you're a youngster, they just, you stood on top of the log and that the, the underhand, as they call it, um, and, and, and that's all I did. So uh, there wasn't much uh-huh. to it um, other than, you know, Dad got me on the chainsaw when he wanted to go get some firewood. That was about it. That's <laughs> fantastic. Um, hey, we're going to go everywhere, you know, obviously talk about what's going in the cricket world, but also your career, Sidzi. But, um, you know, COVID, the move down to Tasmania for, for Shield cricket, uh, the first thing that hit me was your hair, your haircut. I thought it was Billy Idol had just transferred down to Hobart. What was the what was the motivation behind that? Oh, just some of my ex-great players, you know, that I grew up idolising when I was younger, um, you know, and just watching them as they as they grew and got older. Um, the style of hair that they had um, and, and, and the colour that it went. Um, I think so, yeah, I just decided I, I wanted to look a little bit like you. Uh, and um, I thought I'd just give it a, give it a little rinse and, um, and, and, and see how I go. And I think I, I got pretty close um, oh. to, to, to looking like you now. I tell you what, a quick little story on that. You know, Rodney Hogg, um, another great fast bowler for Victoria, South Australia, Australia, um, I was watching, you know, World Series classics on Fox, you know, particularly during the pandemic. I was watching a heap of them. And so when you were playing? No, this is, oh, this is retro. Oh, 80s. okay, yeah. 80s, not far off. <laughs> um, and Sir Richard Hadley hit him in the head, in the ear, and Rob Marsh gets him off. But he's got this bright yellow, well, he's not wearing a helmet and he's got bright yellow hair. And I texted him, I go, what's no helmet? He goes, I just had my hair dyed that day and there was no way I wasn't going to get it on national TV. And he got <laughs> filled in. Uh, yeah, you, you not me do that. Is that why you don't bowl with a hat or don't feel with a hat anymore, did he? You just got to get the hair out there, mate. Correct. I think that's the COVID's been the best for that. The, the umpires don't want to hold your hat anymore. So the, the easiest way is just not to wear one. So just leave it on the boundary line, get the hair out, um, yeah. and it's um, perfect to show off. But uh, I definitely won't be going with the hoggy. They're, they're far too fast to wear no helmet uh, these days. And since uh, first stop, you know, how, how was it going towards a new group? I mean, you've had such a great career, but you still uh, want to gain their respect. And, and obviously you're there in a leadership capacity as well. How, how did you find the, the initial um, training sessions with the Tassie boys? Yeah, I felt like a young kid again, getting this, you know, or you, when you get that rookie deal and you rock up to a new group. It's um, obviously I knew that knew a couple of the older guys that I grew up with, Painey, um, obviously same age, played all junior stuff through and then um, spent a lot of time with Wadey at Victoria when he was there. So I had a good relationship with those two, but the rest, um, to yeah. be fair, are all pretty much under 25 and pretty young. So, um, yeah, I felt like a young kid, but yeah, exciting as well, like you said, to go down there and work in a sort of leadership role and, and, and try and help those young kids develop and, and see how I go. So a bit daunting at the start, but, um, yeah, I, I loved it, just getting into, in and around a new group. How was, how was the reception, Diddy? Because I've played in games with you um, and you're not shy of telling the opposition what you think of them. Uh, and the opposition at times, obviously, was Tassie. So a few of those boys have, have got a few choice words from us. So, yeah. <laughs> How was that received? Water under the bridge, or still a little bit, uh, a little bit dicey? No, I think um, a little bit. Yeah, I think they were a bit intimidated, a bit unsure of how how it was going to be as a teammate. Um, but I think they <laughs> they came to realise pretty quick that it's just me on the field and off the field. I'm pretty relaxed and and just want to have a good time, as you know, Pete, and just help out the group as much as I can. And 
but yeah, there was there was definitely a few lads there who were a bit unsure and had definitely heard rumours about how it abused some of their mates or some of the past players and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it was a little bit interesting in that front, but um, it's a little bit easier these days with all the movement that does go on. You know, county cricket, big bash, and all the all the moving around that you tended to play with enough players to to be a bit more comfortable. But um, yeah, there's still a still a few uncomfortable boys at, at different times that, that I had sprayed in the past. Um, I just wanted to jump into the actual fast bowling cartel down there. I mean, fantastic to have you and Jackson Bird. You know, Birdie's probably been as good a state bowler as we've had in the last decade. But Definitely. with Meredith and Bal and Rogers and Co, can you talk us a little bit about that that emerging um, fast bowling cartel there in Tassie? Yeah, it's exciting. I think. Um, yeah. So. Uh, just quickly on the part of my move was to yeah, get away and gain coaching experience with the coaches down there. Um, but then to also work with the, yeah, the young bowling lineup. They've got a long, lot of young fast bowlers. Yeah. And um, yeah, so like you said, Riley Meredith, obviously young, fast, just charges in. Um, Gay Bell's got a superb record, a bit of a similar to you, but a bit of a swing bowler seems yeah. it around a little bit um, and looks a little bit like you when he bowls. So that, that's nice to see. But in the long hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Flem with the with the man bun back in the day. It would have looked, it would have looked quite sexy. He even rocked it. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, it's a, the most exciting one is you know and is Nathan Ellis. I think everyone got the got the witness him and, and see him firsthand last year in the Big Bash. Um, you know, broke onto the scene. He just has a crack. Hundred hundred percent every game, every effort. Um, and I love that. That's that's that was, that's what my career's been made on. Is just you know just trying to give you all, not the most skillful, but just have a crack. And um, he's a young kid that moved down, no contract, and and, and off he went. And he's yeah now he's in in the first team and and playing well. And so just on Alice, do you see a little bit of yourself in him, a young Peter Siddle? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think he just wants to learn. Um, and he just he just. Gives it everything. He just, yeah, has a decent crack. Um, he charges in all day, bounces, whatever, and just tries to bowl fast. And, and that's exactly all I did when I was a young kid. I had no skills. I could just run in a bowl fast, and that's what I did. Um, so to see him and, and just be able to work with him, he's, he's like a sponge. He listens. He, he's got good questions. And he's been good for me as well, just with my cricket, just to see him enjoying it. It makes it easier for me as an old bloke to, yeah, just want to go out and play alongside him. Yeah, Diddy, that's that's great, and you got the youngsters. I know, um, you know, as a Victorian, I was shattered that you you went down to Tassie with our young cartel, and, and how much you know they would have thrived being able to to talk to you um, and just grow. But in terms of the coaching, is this is this something that you you see yourself um, going into later, and 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 sort of. I know you're doing a little bit now with the Tassie, but are there, are there other things that you, you, you're going to do or need to do in the next couple of years to, to sort of push that coaching career? Yeah, I think so. That's, um, it's, it's, I never really knew what I wanted to do. And I think it's like probably 75% of blokes coming out at the back end of their career not knowing what to do. And I didn't want to get to the end and go, okay, I'm done with cricket. Oh, no, uh-oh, what am I going to do now? So, yeah, this opportunity obviously um, yeah, came up where in the next couple of years, whilst I'm still playing, I can sort of develop my coaching, um, see if I enjoy it along the way and, and sort of get a feel for if it is something I want to do afterwards. Um, yeah, I, and like you said, I, I love working with the young guys and just seeing them develop. Um, I've said it a lot. 
that this move, people probably said, why are you going down there? You're taking some young kid's spot, rah, rah. But at the end of the day, all I want to do, for, I'd, be, I'd be so happy next year if I didn't get picked because some young kid has taken my spot. Like that's the ideal scenario is that I can help these kids develop. Next year, I don't even play a game. And like I, I'd be pretty happy with, with what I've done and what I've achieved in the move. So, yeah, hopefully... That's the plan and, um, yeah, at the moment I'm enjoying working with a new bunch of guys and I think that's what I need to explore by making the move is um, as much as I love the boys at Victoria, um, for my coaching I believe I need to get to a new group and see guys I've never worked with and um, I'm definitely seeing some benefits already working with these young guys and, and just the, the, the group that is down in Tassie. Since just one last one on some potential quicks down there, one little X factor is big Bo Webster. You know, every time... <laughs> You see someone 200 centimetres and they both spin. You're going, oh, what? we could have lost this, but he's bowling some medium pace. I'd assume that he'd be like a sponge at the moment. Not sure what he's got, but is there uh, a little bit of a future there for him? Yeah, I think there is. It's just, And it's probably to do with his height. I think, you know, seeing the benefit now, it doesn't matter what pace you bowl at. Sometimes that extra height just gives them that bounce. And, and he probably saw it a few times through the shield in the first few games that the wickets he got were dead sort of tracks at a, at a, at a weird time scenario in the game. And, and he gets a wicket, like a quarter gully or something like that when the ball looks like it's never going to go there. So um, yeah, there's potential and he's developed a lot. It's only been the last probably three months where he's really got into it. Um, but you could see during um, Adelaide that, yeah, it's exciting and, and he just loves doing it. He just loves running in and bowling mediums more than the spin now. So um, pretty handy. And um He's a bit excited for the Big Bash. I think he wants to unleash some of those medium paces in the Big Bash. And um, he's been working on his Yorkers in the preseason, so he, he wants to unleash a few of them. Do you reckon he's BBL super coach, boys? I reckon Bo, you know, he's, he had a great summer last year, didn't he, with the bat and he's good in the field, but maybe some wickets there, Petey. Yeah, well, I was thinking maybe he could be a, you know, if it's a left-hand, right-hand combination, maybe bowl off-spin to the left-hander and then bowl seam up uh, to the right-hander. Mate. Double threat, triple threat with the um, with his batting. So yeah, he's, I'm excited. That's right. He actually he, he pulled that off in an, in a game with the game against Tassie when when they were batting out the draw on day four. Um, he was bowling off spin to Heady into the into yeah. the rough, and yeah. then the right hander Scott, I think it was, was um, facing up, and he'd go to his medium pace. So he was doing the funky Miller. Uh, so he's, he's got a little bit of everything. So yeah, maybe not, in the big bash. Could not that guy's hair blue, Pete. You're going white. Get him into blue. <laughs> hey, uh, now, we've got a little segment on this show, Pete. Um, we weren't sure what to title it, and, and we've settled on, and it's massive. It'll blow your mind. It's Pete's <laughs> Newsweek. Brilliant. Oh, brilliant, Flem. There was a bit of an underwhelming look from Pete there, but um, sorry, I think, Pete S. Yeah, I think since you were waiting for the rest of the <laughs> rest of the name there, like yeah, I was waiting, for, I was waiting for the punchline at the end. <laughs> 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 Just that we got there. I think we yeah. must have been lost in communication or something. I don't know. No, we uh, we like to keep it simple here. At the biology, you know. <laughs> Not to confuse too many people, mate. 
Um, but yes, yes, going around the world with a little bit of news. Um, and funnily enough, gonna gonna go over to uh, the PSL, the Pakistan Super League, which from out of nowhere um, has come back in just for its its final series. Uh, obviously, it stopped um, earlier on in the year due to uh, COVID and uh, having to having to pull those restrictions. Um, but they came back in just for the finals and Lahore uh, Kalandas. Now that's thrown me because it starts with a Q, but there's no U afterwards, so I'm not actually sure how to pronounce that. Might be a K, um, but yeah. And then uh, and they played the Karachi Kings, who got the chocolates overall. Um, chasing down 134 uh, runs in 18.4 overs. But the big talking point, and we've spoken about him before, Flem, um, player of the match, player of the tournament, 473 runs at an average of just under 60. Uh, Bubba Azam, he's still just so, he's, he's so good. Have you, um, he averaged 60 over the whole tournament. Um, and he's funny too, boys. He's, he's not a big um, – his strike rating 50 over career T20 is really good. He doesn't need a lot of sixes though. He only hit five for the tournament but still a healthy strike rate. I, I just think he's just going to keep emerging and merging into that, into that top five, top three in the world. Mm. In all, in yeah, all definitely. Points. I agree. He's, he's no dissimilar to what Kane Williamson does in the IPL. That's exactly like he's not a big hitter not a big striker, and then you flick on the IPL or check out some scores, and, and he's always up there with, you know, 54 off 35 balls, and you're like, he doesn't have to hit sixes, just good placement and good cricket, and they're actually exciting to watch some of those guys in T20 cricket sometimes, and no dissimilar to how you play, Petey, as well. You just you, you can find the gaps, you find the, find the boundaries, um, and Thanks, that's just as, that's, that's nearly more enjoyable to watch sometimes than the, the, the blokes just hitting a couple of sixes and then getting out. I'll get you that. Um, I'll pass you that cash a bit later for that, mate. Um, <laughs> but uh, the one thing that I really enjoyed, um, we did have an Aussie over there, and he's done some serious, serious quarantining um, this year with Ben Dunk. Uh, unfortunately, runners up with Lahore, but and only eleven off fourteen in the final. But what I loved is that we got to see him bat with no helmet on, and I'm telling you, boys, it's a look for him. If he can bring that out in the big bash, spinner on, helmet off, get that globe shining in the lights, uh, I think that's going to bring the fans back. It's distracting, too, for the bowler. Mm. You know, they'll have- Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I reckon if I'm bowling, I'm probably going to have to call for the sunnies yes. and put the sunnies on just to bowl to him because it is a shiny melon um, and definitely needs definitely going to be some glare coming off that. And he's gone rogue before, hasn't he, Dunky? He's gone rogue before he kept in a floppy with short sleeves. So this is a man that looks at tradition and fashion and goes, no, I'm going to go the other way. Mm. Well, he's never really had a good fashion sense, so he he probably thought he looked good, to be fair. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the wide brim even had uh, had one of the jaw strings, you know, that you you pull pull up to your chin, so... I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring out in the Big Bash this year. Well, hopefully he can bring that form, isn't it? He's just had a bit of a nightmare the last couple of years, Dunky, and but then he keeps going over to the PSL and, and dominating. So hopefully it's just a bit of a form thing. And, and the other thing, I, I hope I'm not preempting what you're going to say, obviously there was a, a nice little 
honour to, to Dean Jones. You know, Dino passed away and he'd moved um, PSL teams. I think he went from Islamabad to Karachi. So, um, you know, well done to all the players there, you know, um, to obviously remember Dino. And he obviously had a big, big impact um, in the subcontinent, in, including Pakistan. Yeah, no, that was, that was lovely to see, Flynn. Really well done by them. Um, staying over in the in the subcontinent, though, we uh, we go from one final to the other, uh, and the IPL was played. Uh, one v two overall ended up. Uh, Delhi Capitals uh, lost to Mumbai Indians. Uh, Mumbai chasing one hundred and fifty six in eighteen point four overs, um, and it's fitting, Flem, that we've got a fast bowler on today because uh, you and I, well especially myself, was very wrong with my prediction at the, uh, at the start of the tournament, thinking that spinners were going to dominate towards the back end with used wickets. Uh, but turns out we were wrong. And, uh, and Trent Bolt for the Mumbai Indians with that new ball, uh, insanely dangerous and probably bowled the seed of doom to Stoin in the first, uh, yep. first over. Yeah, I was interested, Sid. So I don't know how much you were you're following it or watching it. It came in at quite a good time. That Mumbai blew um, Delhi in the semi, just blew them out. And, and obviously our great mate Ricky Ponting's coaching them. I, you know, I feel like his philosophy in the final was Mumbai played their perfect game in the semi. You know, we, we'll, you know they can't play as good as that and, and we've got room for improvement. Stoin had an amazing tournament, didn't he? Like just fitting gaps and to, to open him up. But... Um, Bolt and also Boomer, I think, set the tone in the semi and the final, and um, and it was great to see. Yeah, it was. I think that's the exciting thing is it doesn't last. The swing doesn't last long in the, in the T Twenty games, but if you have someone that is a great exponent of swing bowling, um, and that's Trent Bolt, that it's, it makes a massive difference. And I know there was different stages throughout that whole tournament. He, he copped a little bit of t- a stick early on. Um, but when he got it right, he destroyed teams. Um, and then you have, yeah, you have Jasper coming on after him. Um, and then you had the rotation of Pato and Kultz um, rotating in and out. In the other games, they just had genuine wicket takers all the way through. And, um, and the wickets sort of sued them. When they did die out and sort of favour spin a little bit, they just changed the pace on it, rolled the fingers um, and, and just stayed aggressive. And, yeah, the fast bowls in the end probably dominated a lot of the, a lot of the wicket takers um, at the back end. Yep, Rabada and Co. So it sort of went against the trend. And um, I think you were still right um, predicting that they would dry up a bit and turn, Pete. But um, you were wrong. Oh, I was wrong. And, uh, and the top you See how I just I, I divorced myself from that? Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I, tried, I tried to include us, Flynn. So I didn't yeah. go down uh, by myself, but you've just thrown me straight under the bus, mate. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, to, to go along with that, the four uh, top wicket takers were all quicks. And, and you've mentioned three of them with uh, Norte or Norte or um, being the, the fourth with, uh, with 22 wickets. So bloody, bloody impressive. And obviously, yeah, Colts, um, Sid, you, you mentioned there, Colts and Pado for Mumbai just subbing in and out. Seemed like whenever each, each, whichever one played, they just get two for twenty nine. Do their job, two for twenty nine, walk off. Like it was no fuss, just just able to play that role. 
Do you reckon that? Yeah, they did. Great management. Oh, sorry, Sids. That's great list management, Sids, isn't it? To be able to rotate, like most teams are battling for that third gun quick, and they yeah, had three right. or four. No, they did, and I think Pato getting that. Um, Pato and people probably forget this. He replaced Malinga, so they lost one of the best T Twenty bowlers, if not the best ever, a fast bowler anyway, and. They've replaced him with Pato and people were unsure what's going on and how that'll work. And then Pato to do what he did um, was outstanding. And then exactly right. If they needed a little bit of change up or they, they felt that they needed a little bit of a difference in some way, bringing Colts and to be able to rotate those two through, like you said, Petey, they did just get the job done. Um, it was actually a superb little backup to lose one of the best bowlers ever and have those two on the sidelines, um, yeah, great depth. And, yeah, in the end, it's, it, it paid off for them. Well paid off them <laughs> Happy little payday for them. Um, moving on, we're coming back to Oz, uh, but staying with the T20s, we're going to the WBBL. Um, with 12 games now played in the season, only two rounds remaining. Flem, I reckon you'll have a pretty big smile here because the Stars for the first time are on top and qualified for the finals already. Yeah, call it off now. Yeah. Me- yeah Meg, I'm working with Meg on the on the victory speech, so um, <laughs> just just give it to us. But uh, no, no, I'm worried. I was um, going to say, Flem, it hasn't been the Stars... Um, Stars history to, to get too uh, cocky and celebrate the finals. If it's anything to go by the men, Ooh, yeah. you might just have to cool the Jets a little bit, I think. I think I'm seeing 20 losing finals <laughs> already. Um, and don't get me started with the Vicks. At the start of your career, since those 50 over finals we used to lose. But um, right. there's a lot we of... Won, we won one out of nine. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the Sydney team's a real threat. And, and just Brisbane Heat, what worries me as a Stars fan there is, you know, they're going for their third in a row. They, they know how to win. Mm. So they're not yes, going to be but, but the Stars, mate, Stars have got Meg back, so that's huge. And they've got the teenage sensation. Um, Annabelle Sutherland, mates, and we've spoken about it before on here and we've, we know what she can do. Um, and unfortunately for my, um, for my Hobart Hurricanes, my, my poor team, um, <laughs> she, she absolutely took them down uh, the other day with 72 or 51. And if you're, if you're getting that kind of support from a teenager um, and you're, you're inexperienced players, uh, it is amazing what I think this Stars girls, uh, Stars women's team is going to do. Well, the amazing thing is Annabelle can't get a bat. Mm. That was her opportunity and, gee, she made the most of it. Um, you know, they've got such a strong batting lineup, but I think Annabelle is such a power athlete. Um, you know, we are just seeing the, the tip of the iceberg. You know, she's, she's going to take, I think, power hitting um, in the bash and internationally, potentially to a level we've never seen before. Yeah, Sids, have you, have you seen her swing? Have you seen how clean she is the ball? Yeah, I remember last year seeing her just hit some balls in the indoor, um, doing some batting practice, um, and just absolutely smacks it. Mm. Um, and it, it is exciting to see because 
you know, like I'm, I'm still Victorian at heart and I still love seeing Victorians do well and, and watching her play. Um, I love, obviously love watching her brother play. Um, but yeah, seeing her kill it as well in her, in her field with, with the women is, um, yeah, quite outstanding. But not just with the bat, like once she grows up, learns a bit more about fast bowling and stuff like that, someone that can, you know, you, you could be, don't want to say it too early, but we, we're obviously, we've been blessed to have Elise Perry um, for Australia. Um, yeah, that she could easily um, become just as good, if not, you know, better, we don't know, um, as her. So it's, it's pretty exciting. I love the superlatives we're using to describe Annabelle and Will because I played with the father, James, and there wasn't a lot of superlatives, like he was a, <laughs> like a good, steady cricketer, you know, bowled a good line and land, had a boring forward defence, was handy in the fit. There was nothing dynamic, nothing. Yeah, it was slight, <laughs> slightly different uh, by the sounds of the, the, two, the two kids. And um, <laughs> I just got a note, note here that I reckon... Uh, out of the three of us, if we went to a driving range with, with Annabelle, um, she's going to outdrive us uh, by a long, long way with that clean and pure swing, which is it's just nice to see. And Sids, um, I'll get I'll get Will to give you Annabelle's number. Maybe you can uh, start giving her some tips with the ball. Get her get her firing for uh, a couple of years down the track. That's right. Keep we we'll keep working on those in swingers, and she'll be good to go. Don't worry about that. Exactly right, mate. Hey, Pete, just on that, um, you know, we're talking about the power that, um, you know, we might not have seen before. Um, it's not just about that. It's about the, um, we're talking about the 360 players in, in BBL, but this Phoebe Litchfield, um, I don't know if you saw her three reverse sweeps mm. uh, in the last game, but they were, the one that impressed me was they were all different sort of lines. I know the length was about the same, but... Um, you know, so we've got power in the game, but we're also getting 360-degree players. Like, she's only 16, 17. So, um, you know, for the bowlers going forward in the WBF, they're going to have to keep increasing their skills, Sids. They're going to, they're going to have to upskill equally as much as the, as the batters. Yeah, that's right. I think that's been the most exciting thing. Um, it's only been the last couple of years I've played a lot of big bash, but... Over from the very start of Big Bash, when we thought bowlers were going, to, it was going to be a waste of time, and the batters were going to destroy it. Um, it has evened out over the, over the years, and mm. I think that's 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 the fun part as a bowler is just developing new skills, working out new ways that to restrict these batsmen and the and and the skill set that they have. Um, so that, that's that, that's even more fun. T Twenty is fun enough, um, but the fun in you know trialing new skills and working out new balls or how to bowl a certain batsman, uh, it makes it exciting because, yes, players like um, Phoebe, they're dangerous, um, but it's just as much fun for me trying to work out, you know, like these girls will be trying to work out how to bowl to her. Um, I, I enjoy those things, bowling to different players like Pete, Maxie, Stoin, three totally different players, and you have to have three different ways and mindsets how to bowl to them, and um, and that's the that way is, the game's going. It's just growing. Just on, that, yeah. on that, Sids, how, how do you bowl to me? What, what's your plan? <laughs> I don't know. You keep making runs against us at the end, so I just make sure I restrict the other blokes first, and then I don't uh, have yeah, right a problem. So oh, um, I'll just bring I'll just bring Rash on, and and you and, you, you and him can have a battle. That'll do. Since <laughs> you probably led me into it, I was going to do it later on when you know we had a look at uh, your later career for for um, Australia, but we might do it now, Pete. Is that um, yeah. you know 
yeah, with your wonderful test career, I'm sure you don't look back with any regrets at all. And 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 you know, 67 test matches, 221 wickets. But I remember talking to you mid-career. Um, you know, white ball cricket, 20 one day one day internationals, two T20s. Um, you know, the, the uh, encouragement for you was to be a red ball cricketer, and and the beauty of that is at least you know you're going to be front and center of test match cricket. But you know, frustrating not to be part of World Cups. Um, but just a couple of comments on that. But then also, what about the rejuvenation of when you went to um, the Adelaide Strikers? Because for me, it looked like you'd actually you upskilled um, to have real impact at BBL. Were you working on that silently, or when you hit there, you knew you needed to up, you know get your Yorker a bit better in those slow balls and be a death bowler? Um, firstly, yeah. It is disappointing. You always want to play in World Cups and, and stuff like that. I, I was part of the um, the first T20 World Cup. Didn't play um, on the sidelines there. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was my choice. So I'm a traditionalist at heart, love red ball. So I chose, um, yeah, a long time ago that I wanted to concentrate on test cricket and, and play as much as I could there. So it, it, it hindered my chances of, of representing Australia at those different times. But... I don't regret that at all, like to play 67 tests when I would have been happy with 10, you know. So to to get to what I did and achieve, um, very happy. Um, and, yeah, always loved white ball, uh, but I knew that I wanted to concentrate on one. So uh, my choice in the end. But, um, yeah, Big Bash has always been something I wanted to be a part of. Um, and, yeah, it was probably not until I made that move to Adelaide where I got the opportunity to actually play more of it. I think previously before that, there was a lot of test cricket. You know, I'd miss games. I wasn't really available. The first six years or whatever it was, I only played about six games. So, um, yeah, to go over there. And the big thing for me is whatever team I play for, it doesn't matter who it is, club cricket all the way to England, Australia, wherever it is, I just want to win <laughs> and I want to do well for my team. Mm. Um, so at the end of the day, if I, if, I, if I don't want my team to win, I've got to make sure that I'm – ready and prepared and um yeah i just made sure that i worked on every little aspect that i needed to once i got over to adelaide um perfected a couple of slow balls i don't have heaps i just needed to perfect the couple that i knew i could bowl and trusted myself in bowling um and i've just stuck with a pretty simple philosophy really um based on what i did in red ball cricket was all based on execution um and that's how i try and do what do my white ball stuff i don't have a lot of tricks I just try and do the few things that I know I can do really well, make sure that I execute them close enough to 100%. Um, and then sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. That's a part of T20, but that's pretty much my very simple philosophy in, in uh, T20 cricket these days. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a really good way to, to look at it, I think. And the, the way you're owning, yeah, three things, four things maybe that you got and then make them as, as, as good as you can. Uh, and, and sort of, I reckon that drags everything else along with it as well. It makes your other balls that maybe aren't your, your strength, but it makes them better because they know that, or batters know that they're the ones who go try and score off. Mate, if you bowl a Yorker or a slow ball, it's bloody hard to hit. Um, so, yeah, I reckon it, it, it brings that all along as well. Yeah, definitely. And you found that. And I think the ones that I've probably had the most success with, is, it is that, is, yeah, they, they can't get the Yorker out, so they're sweating on the on the bad ball. And your bad ball does get the wicket. It'd be a low full toss or a slow ball going wrong that you've tried, and you get the wicket. But I think by just being able to try and execute as well as you can, um, 
and just keeping things simple. I think there's so many people talk about um, a lot of different balls and a lot of different deliveries and skills that they have in T20 cricket that a lot of guys get lost with what they actually want to achieve from each ball. And, um, yeah, I'll keep it simple. Um, it's worked so far. This year it could go horribly wrong and, and I'll have a shocker. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Picks it, last delivery to Yorker on the pads and it's a win for the strikers and a big win at that. Let's get on to BBL. Um, and I'm interested to see what you got here, Sibs, but we'll start just with a couple of signings. Um, and I'm glad he got my message because he's not great on his phone when I've, when I've tried to call or text him before, but Sandeep Lanashane to the Kane train. Come on. Great work, big fella. Um, so that was great. Uh, good to see him in purple. Um, and then obviously stars were missing you know, a little bit of a mystery spinner there. They've, they've obviously got some, some good spinners in their team, but they've gone and picked up uh, Zahir Khan from Afghanistan and obviously played with the Brisbane Heat. Uh, and what excites me about him is his dance moves. Um, yeah. I've always been, been a big fan of, of dancing, um, more off the field than on the field, but he, he really brings a passion to it. So I'm excited to see uh, you know, what he's going to bring out of the stars. Well, Pete, you were one of the great appealers. I think at Denisilli and, and you, you know, the shaking arms, the pleading there. So you, you'd be a big rat for bowlers that had extravagant at appeals and the celebrations. Yeah, I do. I, I love it. I think that's that makes it exciting, doesn't it? I think, you know, the Hurricanes are probably going to miss um, young Cass, who used to do the flips and stuff. Yeah. Um, so you might have to, Peter, you might have to put a bit of pressure on Sandeep to maybe bring those back down at the Canes. But um, talking about celebration and dancing, we've got a, we've got a batter on here that, that loves to dance, as, as we know. So maybe there could be a, you know, a 50, a 100 yeah. Um, yeah. celebration and, and a little dance move. Maybe because 50s could be quite regular for you, Petey, down at, the, down at Blundstone. It's a nice batting surface. So, um we want maybe 100. If Petey gets 100 this year, maybe there's a dance move that he could pull out for us. If I get a T20 100 this year, I will dance. That's there fair. we go. You heard it here first. I'll bring something out. I'll, uh, Done. I'll have a look at a few of the TikTok dances going around at the moment or something yeah. like that, and we'll, we'll, we'll crank it up. Yeah. Maybe even it's some always, of those. The Fortnite, the game, the game that all the young kids play. There's a few Fortnite dances there, Petey, that you might yeah, be able to. maybe. Yeah, you pull out some of those ones. I think that would be um, quite impressive. Because it's all about preparation. If you get the 100, do no prep and try something, we, mm. we know it's not going to go, it's not going to end well and people will forget about your 100. <laughs> do a little bit of that TikToking. If you prep that, um, one is it's positive reinforcement, um, but you'll get there and you will nail it. Right, thanks, boys, and thanks for backing me in for 100 as well. That's <laughs> brilliant. Um, with the BBL, since three new rules... Mate, three new rules being brought in this this year in a in a game that already has um, a heap of rules, and it's uh, I'm, I get that confused when I roll out to to battlefield or if I ever have to captain a team. Um, but I, I I don't mind these. I reckon they they're going to be interesting. Uh, we're starting off with the power surge. Uh, great names as well, by the way. They've they've called them. Um, I will go with four the, name, the names are better than the rules. Even there you go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the- Good call. <laughs> but keep going. Sorry, fan, fan engagement, mate. Um, four overs, power play, and then 
two more overs of a power play chosen at some stage uh, by the batters. Do you reckon that's a positive for the bowlers or the batting team, Sids? Well, someone that, someone that usually bowls two overs in the first six, um, it might mean that I only have to sneak out one <laughs> yeah. when, the field, when the field's out. So it could possibly be a positive unless, you know, it, it works out that they save me then for those other two overs. So, um, but then that gets too close to the two at the back end. So I'm hoping that maybe it might only mean I'm bowling one with the two fielders out at the start. So um, it could be a positive. Um, but I think, yeah, it could be exciting. It could be different. Um, it does. Like you said, we have a lot of play, a lot of fans coming into the game that don't know cricket that well. So to add even more yeah. rules and stuff, that's, that's the only thing I um, think could be a little bit complicating for the, a, a new spectator. But um, I, yeah, think I, don't I think we're all there with those. You know, the bringing in the rules, you've got to e- explain even more. Um, and we haven't had any trials for it either. But um, as a commentator, it gives you more to talk about. Um, and, and obviously just tactically what you said there. My, my only problem with, um, you know, we tried it in 50 over cricket mm. and you think, oh, well, then, you know, there's two more exciting overs to wait for. But what happens is the fifth and sixth over get boring. Yeah, um, or, or even most most teams ended up just taking the power play. Consecutively. Straight, yeah, straight after the first power play. So just because, like, ball was new, so it was easier to get over the field, make more runs, make the most of it there, probably got two set batters in. So it'll be interesting to see if there are, there are any tactics that come out of it. Um, but I don't, I don't think that one's going to change the game too much. Um, but we've gone from the power surge to the bash boost, um, which is this this one's an, this one's an interesting one, and and it's it's got me split uh, because it's the there's four points up for grabs, three points if you win the game, and one more point if you're winning after the ten overs if the when the second side has a, has their ten. And now that's that's just runs. Um, so the side batting first could be none for 60 after their 10 and make 180 or whatever and absolutely cash in. But the side batting second could be six for 61, get that point and then absolutely capitulate and lose the game. Well, it just, it, I'm not sure how, it's, how this one's going to go down, if it's going to get, if people are going to fight for that point or, or not. I like, um, and I'll go, this will go into the next one too, I like unpredictableness because if you bring in rules that are like strictly at the 10th over and things like that, teams get too clever. They're well coached and well played. I've always liked the traditional um, bonus point that you guys played in years ago. You know, if you're chasing 200 and you get it in the 40th over, bang, you get your one point. If you bowl them out in the 40th over, bang, you get um, a bonus point. So, even though you're winning the game, you keep going hard to win there. And I reckon 10 or 20% of the time, I did see teams get the reverse win. Mm. Team, you know, it's only, yeah, as I said, most 20%, but um, I, I just think it's too, it, it's almost too regulated, new rule. It's too predictable. Yeah, that's right, Flemming. You could nearly just do it like you, like at the 15 over mark. If you could win in 15 overs, then you get the bonus point as the batting team if you're chasing. But 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 it, on the flip side of that, if you get bowled out trying to chase that down, the bowling team get it um, 
could be a little bit different, but... Um, yeah, my, my worry with that scenario you said, Pete, was that the, the game's dead after 10.1 overs. Yeah, because <laughs> the side batting second may have given up on the game, so they go, stuff it, we'll just try and get the one point, don't worry about wickets, and then it's, it's done. Yeah, whereas I think the rules Cricket Australia are trying to do is, yeah, almost um, try and even it up as much as possible or, or you know, manipulate close um, games. So I don't mind the philosophy of this bonus point, but I think I, I like the one that was previously in there. Uh, no, sorry, not in Big Bash, but in 50 over cricket. Yeah, 50, yeah. I think it promotes continual attacking. Yep, yep, spot on. And then... Bang on the 10 overs again. The next one, the X Factor. Like, if that doesn't excite you, um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what will. But uh, after the first 10 overs of the first innings, you are allowed to sub out a player for another player as long as the one you are subbing out hasn't batted or is only bowled one over. Oh, yeah. Um, You're doing well here, Pete. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I wrote it all down here word for word, so I shouldn't stuff it up. Uh, <laughs> um, but th- this one, I mean, we've, we've sort of trialled this before a little bit with a super sub in, um, in domestic cricket. Yeah. And, you know, it does bring a, an element into the game. And, and I guess, um, you know, teams could potentially go in with one game plan, see that it's not quite working, and then try and change it after the first turnovers. Um, and even just depending on the toss as well. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I think this one's probably got the most margin for, for being, um, being different and spontaneous and, and sort of changing the game that way. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's, um, yeah. It, does it work if, say, we, say you bat first, Petey, and yeah. only four, four of you guys bat, even though your team's batted, if number five hasn't gone out in the field, can he then be subbed for a bowler because he hasn't taken part in the game? Oh, I don't well, think you've got to do it, got to do it after the 10 over mark. Yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah. So, so there's a bit of guesswork still, isn't there? Yeah. So if, you, if you're numb down at the 10, at the, in there and you go, okay, we're maybe not going to lose, we, we can bank on, we're going okay with runs. Yeah. Let's sub out the number six who's a batter. Yep. And we'll bring in an extra bowler that maybe an extra spinner just to change things up, let's do it. Yeah. So it's, it could work either way. I think that's what makes it so exciting is that it could actually help you and it could actually, it could actually hurt you as well. So I think that's the gamble that's probably going to make it so exciting. So, and my, and my change on that, sorry, uh, Pete, would be, once again, it's too predictable for me. We know it's the 10th O, blah, blah, blah. I do it. You can do it at any stage between the fifth and the fifteenth, because then the opposition can't, um, you know, tactically plan against it. So I want unpredictable stuff. Yeah, keep keep people guessing because you do you do see that for them. You see, well, there's enough footage these days. There's enough analysis that you you see a team play a couple of times, and you're kind of like, all right this is their game plan, this is kind of how they set up, such and such is going to bowl this over, this over from this end with this field. Um, like it's, you're right, it is a bit predictable, but if we can bring in that, um, yeah, that's something different, keep people guessing and really... So just floating. 
Yeah. You know, so there's continual tactics. I know commentary, hmm. instead of it, we just know every game in the ninth over we'll be starting to talk about what will happen. But what happens if we were just generally surprised? Oh, they've done this. So you're actually talking about it in real time. Wow, hmm. this is thrown and just seeing how the opposition reacts. And the other thing is what you just mentioned there, well, why can't we name the teams after the toss if we're just going totally different in BBL cricket? Dude, that'd be rogue. I like that. Yeah. Just surprise. Just rock out. You rock out there to bat, face the first ball, and you're like, right, who, who's up? <laughs> what's, what's going on here? I'm walking out of the ball thinking, yep, okay, who's, who's walking out of the pads on? Yep, okay. Yep. Boys, this is, this is what we're going with. Yeah, we'll all be hiding down in the change rooms until we get the call to come out in the field because we don't want to yep. let them know who's batting. No, the 10, 9, 8, they're waiting for that and then two blokes come running out at the five-second mark <laughs> <laughs> work out who it is. Or you walk out, grab the ball, and then he just continues to walk off the field. It's a bluff. He's not even playing. <laughs> he's, not, he's just going to the other side of the ground with a water bottle. Oh, he's giving it the bluff. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, but just on that, sorry, you've got to name the team straight after the toss. So oh, okay. once you get on the field. But I, I think um, if we're going to keep breaking traditions, well, doesn't you know, um, and, and that could um, really help with your subbing later on. Yeah, like that, Fleming. To wrap, to wrap it up, Glenn, to wrap up my news week, um, don't know if you saw, but uh, on social media, JL and uh, yeah. the Don have shared some, shared a couple of letters to each other, and that's it's it's been an interesting read. Um, the Don had a nice little uh, humble brag about just having more natural ability than anyone else, um, and that's that's fine. He did. That's, that's why he was pretty bloody good. Yep. Um, but on a serious note, I did want to kind of leave it with this little nugget from him, and it was right at the end of his. <laughs> his uh, and, and you're laughing, but it's not that funny. Um, <laughs> but it was just uh, follow your own instincts and don't be a slave to coaching. And I thought, out of his whole letter, I thought that was the the takeaway. Um, you know, really back yourself in. You know your body better than anyone else. You know the way you move. You know what you want to do. Um, you've got those coaches there to kind of guide you, um, but you don't necessarily have to do everything they say. It's all, um, you know, you drive yourself. I, I thought that might resonate as well with you a bit, Diddy. Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, it's a, it is. That was the most interesting thing is you never really, we all know of the Don, but you never get the chance to read things like that or see something. Um, so it was actually nice to see that pop up. And, and you're right, that, that is the thing. Over the years, you Flem, you'd remember you have a million different coaches from a young kid to when you finish your career. Um, everyone has a little bit of gold along the way. But um, like you said, Petey, uh, you, you know your body your best. You know what's working, what's not working. We're always our, our best critic. Um, and, yeah, tr- trial everything. And, and you'll, you'll, along the way, you'll find what works. And, um, and that's, that, that's definitely right. That's where I went wrong. I think I was a slave to my instincts and I backed my coaches. <laughs> I got it reversed, <laughs> lads. And on a serious note, um, I totally agree with you too. I truly believe, particularly once you've made first-class cricket, you are the CEO of your game. You are the chief executive officer, right? So you, you run it. But you don't have to be an expert in everything. So what do businesses do? They outsource so you outsource, you know, physio or strength and conditioning or batting or strengthening your mind with sports sites. 
but you need to be in control because when you're in control, that, that's linked to confidence and I think that's the key to performance. Spot yeah. on. So if you want to write me a letter, I'll... Yeah. <laughs> we'll put hey, that on the socials, mate. Hey, um, Cincy, thanks so much for coming on our pot. You've been mm-hmm. awesome. Um, just, just finishing up, and Pete, you might have one more question here, but, um, you know, a very passionate North Melbourne supporter you are, Pete. Um, I questioned years ago that it just so happened that your test captain was North Melbourne. I just thought that, did you change late in your career? But um, you must be pleased with the way they're going. Yeah, it's going great. Um, it was obviously, it's been a tough couple of years, but, um, you know, that's football. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what happens, isn't it? Um, I had a great childhood supporting them in the 90s. Um, around the same time, I was watching you flourish in your, your career as well, mate. Um, so, yeah, it's been tough. But uh, hopefully, you know, now down in Tassie, um, there's word that they could end up down there. Yeah. So I'm, I might be, it might be close to home. So you a scout? Be- Have you been sent by the AFL down there to just start to get North Melbourne down there? Are you part of that, that planning? Well, it could be a bit of it, yeah. I've just been sort of sourcing land, um, working out about training <laughs> facilities, um, <laughs> venues, I think, um, I think accommodation. I, you, I think I saw you riding around um, Salamanca there with your uh, North Melbourne top on, just a bit of like free promotion there. Yeah, there was. I was pretty much, um, yeah, I, I have a little flag coming off my back with the kangaroos, yep. the membership hotline um, uh, number to call. Um, where, where, to, where, to, where to buy tickets to the, the games next season. So already promoting it. Um, who knows? It could be the, it could be the, the Hobart Kangaroos in, uh, in a couple of years' time. Hey, Sidzi, thanks so much. It's been a great chat. And obviously, we, we wish you all the best for the rest of the year playing for Tasmania and the Strikers. I can't wait to watch the Strikers versus the Hobart Hurricanes. It's going to be oh. on. Yeah, well, other than beating them in a final uh, about four years ago, yeah, we haven't had a lot of success against them since. So <laughs> they're not actually a team that uh, I think we match up that well against. So, but no, it will be good. Um, thanks for having me on, boys, and yeah, looking forward to watching Petey down there in the purple. He'll look better in purple than green, that's for sure. So, and he'll love the facilities down there. So, I'm looking forward Richard. to watching him bat. Not against us, though. <laughs> thanks, Pete. Thanks, mate. That's the Bowlers report. See you, lads. 